We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live in Las Vegas, the money laundering capital of the world. My God, I'm taking a long time with these vowel sounds. First up, driving for American team, Horse! Not that we want anything to do with them. It's a driver who looks like he's been foraging for nuts for the winter. It's a Kevin Magnuson. Next up, you can't believe you used to fancy him. He still bleaches his hair and he's pushing 40. It's Nico Hulkenberg. Driving for Williams, for America, it's a point scorer. Sorry, a point scorer. It's a number two. Sorry, it's number two, a Logan Sergeant. And representing Thailand, although we never mention that, it's Alex Albon in the Alpha Tauris. From the Southern Hemisphere's answer to America, Australia, it's Daniel Ricardo. This is the formula. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Somebody has been at my notes. What am I doing here? What is this? I'm so confused. Driving for the team from that Adam Driver film. It's Jean Michel Jarre. And driving for his own career at this point, it's Asargio Checo Perez. I don't know, mate. Just go over there. No, over there. No, go, go away. Go away. Just go away. Now we have to fucking talk about racing. We're going to watch a car race, Michael. It's when nerds try and be cool. I think you've done brilliantly. Good podcasting. He is an absolutely petulant brat. Hi, I'm Josh Mallet. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. Okay, let's just get this out of the way before we delve into the review of the Las Vegas Grand Prix. So yeah. I would say from Thursday to Lights Out and the 10 months before that, I was like, this is going to be the death of Formula One. I was convinced, Alfie. It was 
quite entertaining. I was so ready for it to be. I mean, we'll talk about FP1 and FP2 and just all the glitz and glamour and all the absolute bollocks of it. But it was a good race. It was a really good race. I think the second or third best race of the season. Yeah. And we're not beyond eating our words on this show. I would say... And this is a very funny thing about this race that really amused me. So the ca- you've got your cameras, you know, your drones, your blimps, mm-hmm. those cameras, bird's yeah. eye. Wow, what an impressive race this looks like. Mm-hmm. All, the ra- all the cameras that are on ground level that we actually watch and enjoy the racing from the perspective of, you couldn't tell it was Las Vegas from those cameras. <laughs> it was irrelevant. And all these street circuits, it wasn't a street circuit. Yeah. It just looked like any fucking place. Azerbaijan, you've got that amazing little zigzag up the hill that's mm-hmm. so narrow that you can only fit one car up it. Monaco constantly looks like Monaco all the way around through the tunnel, the hairpin on the hill, all of these different, I don't know any other technical terms, but you have all these amazing aesthetic racing settings. There is no iconic... <laughs> Like, oh, look, it's the Vegas bit of the race. Yeah, like, it, where it's obviously, it it could be anywhere. So the fact that they spent all this money trying to get it into Las Vegas, and it was a good race, but still, you couldn't tell it was Vegas. They couldn't do it in the day because of the traffic laws. That's why it was a night race. So it was, uh, they had to close the roads in Vegas at the time when it would least upset the residents, which is why they did it at night. And obviously, so it was at a time where even American fans were like, this is stupidly late yeah and it just sort of was at a time that nobody enjoyed no the grand prix made twice as much money mm-hmm. as in the lead up to the race as the super bowl does how i don't know that's incredible i think it's what happens when you launder mm. because who makes that money is my question and where's it come from it's not going to the drivers you know, there's loads of sponsors with just no businesses that really, really loved sponsoring that race. Okay, let's talk about FP1. So I was convinced that the race was going to be a nightmare because it obviously the Ninja Turtles were in Vegas and they were like, hey guys, let's have a look. <laughs> we killed them. Which turtle? It would have been Leonardo because he was the leader. He would have gone, guys, let me just take a look around and what the noise is. Opens up a manhole cover. Carlos Sainz killed him. Yeah. Although they're not teenagers anymore, are they? They're middle-aged Mutant they're Ninja Turtles. Mutant, no, they're mutant. They're geriatric mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles. And it sucked up the manhole cover, which Carlos Sainz said he couldn't feel his legs for about a minute after that incident. Because of the vibration. Because the impact was so great. And it was then by the time... So then they sent in uh, like concrete men who just filled up all the manholes, which is hilarious because that means there are some sewage workers in Vegas going back to work today being like, ah, I've got to drain this. And then they open up the manhole cover and there's 30 feet of concrete. Yeah. You'd be, that's a bad Monday. I mean, Hey guys, something's blocking up the, it's just so destructive and (laughs) fuck you. It's unbelievably callous and, and, and horrible. I mean, to be fair, it's in Vegas. So, like, the whole spirit of the place is, fuck you, fuck everybody else. Like, what I want goes. Yeah, they were either going to fill those holes with concrete or dead hookers' bodies. Yeah, it was going to be the bones of... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think hookers constitutes an improvement from you from Prozzers last week. Prozzers. I think we're, we're getting there, aren't we? I'm bringing back Prozzers and I'm bringing back the word git. G- yeah, git. So, anyway, then yeah, FP2 starts... I suppose three hours late and they have to kick out all the fans who've paid for the, the only tickets they could afford were the cheap seats yeah. for FP2 on a Thursday night, Friday morning. Mm. And then at Formula One, we're like, hey guys, um, uh, we have to close this down because of the rules, but here's a... Uh, because the, of the rules. The bar's still open, which legally means we don't have to refund you anything. And you can have a $200 voucher. They gave everyone a $200 voucher and Max Verstappen said he would have burnt the place down or tore the place down. <laughs> Like an old sea shanty. (laughs) Hey, hey, tear the place down. And then also, one of the benefits of FP1 and FP2 was that for the UK listeners, the pundits were so delusionally tired. You know when you haven't slept and everything becomes hilarious? Yeah, it's all just a warped mess. Horner was giving the camera the finger. What? Yeah, he he did a little, you know, finger on his cheek. Brundle seemed drunk, which he probably was, and fair enough. Yeah. And all the commentators were like, I tell you what, I've never... They just sounded like they'd been in the trenches. Did any of them mention tiredness? All of them. All of them mentioned tiredness. Why were they so tired 
this race and not others? Because they, because of A, the jet lag, but B, it went so late that on their body clocks, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning for them, but they were still awake having not slept the night before. Oy, oy, oy. And then, it, I mean, and then Domenicali did a press release saying um, the safety of the drivers is the most paramount thing, which is why we had to stop FP2. Okay, so if the safety of the drivers is a paramount thing, don't send them out at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, also, if the safety of the drivers is a paramount thing, don't race in Vegas with a <laughs> circuit with manhole. It's not paramount, is it? What's paramount is money. And we'd also preferably like the drivers to survive. Yes. Uh, ideally, yes. And then, yeah, so Carlos obviously snaps his car and then gets a... Honestly, the, I've been watching Formula One my whole life. Mm -hmm. That was the weirdest penalty I have ever seen in Formula One. So what was the penalty specific? What was their reasoning? Because they had to fix the car. But they, they had were, to fix the car because... They messed up the road. That adds a kind of fun new Mario Kart element to it's Formula One, don't you think? It's quite gaslighty, isn't it? It's quite gaslighty, but it's also, you know, you could just go, you fuck, like, don't let us hurt your car then, if you don't want a time penalty. <laughs> like, don't let, <laughs> don't let the mistakes we've made get in your way. And then the number of people Ocon gave his helmet to, I found quite... No pun intended. He's a little helmet slut, isn't he? He is, yeah. Gave one to LeBron, and then he gave one to Ryan Reynolds... Which, Who would you rather give your helmet to, LeBron or Ryan? LeBron. Yeah. But I think if I gave my helmet to Ryan Reynolds, then Ryan Reynolds would probably, be, well, not probably, but there's a kind of fair enough chance that he'd become my friend. I don't think that me and LeBron James have enough in common. If you were a former, I'd be very impressed that you're a Formula 1 driver in these circumstances, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair, I'm speaking about me. Yeah. Like the human Alfie. Not the human Alfie, the fictional one who's a Formula One Because if one you driver. just went up to Ryan Reynolds as a comedian and went, do you want a helmet? That, yeah, I, that, I don't think he'd want to be your friend. No, I think that would be quite funny and he'd like he'd it. I think he'd be like, who's this weird guy? If we were at the same party. Okay, fine. And like, you took and, a helmet but, to the party but, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was a celebrity I party mean, and I'm a celebrity comedian and I have like comedy written on a helmet. I mean, it is funny that Ocon takes helmets with him everywhere, apparently. Mm. Like everywhere he goes. It's like if uh, me giving Ryan Reynolds a helmet would be like Ocon giving him an SM58. <laughs> it's a microphone listener. Um, qualifying? Boring. Qualifying was pretty boring. Very boring qualifying. Again, set up for a definitely bad race. It's not. The qualifying is good if... I, I was expecting quali qualifying to be better because I was expecting the circuit to... I was expecting people to struggle more with it. Because it's an unknown quantity and one of the practices was sh fucked. Yeah. So I was expecting it to be frenetic and lots of unexpected people taking time off each other. But it wasn't. It was just, it was, it was cover your eyes and imagine a qualifying. It, yeah, that was, that was it. And that was what happened. I thought it was, uh, Max Verstappen said that it wasn't the best circuit he'd ever raced on. And the, um, the mayor of Las Vegas turned around and went, well, I think he's just nervous about the race. And that was the greatest indication to how little America knows about F1. And, and Max Verstappen. Yeah. You, think, you think the guy's already won <laughs> three in a row? And is, he's, he, could, he could get out the car and eat a burger during this race. Yeah, he could start selling ice cream out the side of his car. <laughs> <laughs> and then Max Verstappen went, well, then, then that man knows him very well. Very good. I, I, also, Max is really growing on me. He, I just have to say. This. I think where we started this show, just dragging him all the time. Yeah. He's my. He is firstly, he's my dirty air driver of the day. Yeah. Because I think Max. He was also your dirty air driver of the day before the race started, wasn't yes. he? You decided that, and it, you you could not be moved on it. No. Luckily, you didn't have to be moved on it because he won. You couldn't be moved on it if he had just driven into a wall. It. I mean, he just. I feel like he represented the ideals of every Formula One fan this weekend. Mm -hmm. Every time anything happened that was a bit too showy or glitzy or glamorous, like that weird driver reveal, like the Hunger Games, yeah, and uh, where they're all on those weird massive podiums, mm. Max was like, "I feel like a clown," and then he went, "This circus is actually not that good." It's why we need like what the, the the plus side of a dominant driver is that they can stop going. Because if you're Ocon, you still need to be, oh, I love Formula One. I hope Formula One loves me. Can I have a seat next year, please? <laughs> Max doesn't need to do that. And Lewis never needed to do that for like the last few years either. Yeah, Lewis so has to now. So he's just like, you know, fuck, fuck you. I want to wear jewellery and like 
yeah. uh, do what I like. Now Lewis has to go out and be like, that was amazing, guys. Yeah, thanks can, for the fans. Can I the come fans back? are so good. Can I come back? Yeah. Um, also, well, when uh, Logan got P6... What, do we have a name for the mistake that he made? What do you mean? When they are too happy about qualifying, so they just fucking... I know, it's... He didn't, he, he finished the race. There's something so funny about when a driver suddenly does something good and they're... When the drivers walk around the paddock, they dart around with their heads down very quickly. Mm. But as soon as anything good happens, they develop this swagger that, that Logan Sargent had after the race. Here, listen to this. I feel like today we've just had such a good car. We've had a quick car. We've been able to build session through session, lap after lap. And um, yeah, here we go. Two cars uh, on the third row tomorrow and a uh, slippery car in the straight. So we'll do our best to say that. It's really funny how quickly they become like, it's like someone's just lost their virginity and they think they understand all sex. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it started pretty tough, but uh, we got there in the end. I had a good time. I'm pretty sure she had a good time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, going down on someone is it's tough. It's tough. But, you know, if you commit to those corners and those bends and extract the best that you can out of your package, uh, you're in for a good ride, everybody. That is, I found that so funny. It was really funny. And then for him to la uh, finish in the penultimate last position. Listen, the universe always balances out. It always yeah. finds a way. We Life finds a way. It just tugs him back ever so slightly. And there he was just in front of Valtteri Bottas. Well, not just in front of Valtteri Bottas, 35 seconds ahead of Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> okay, so, um, pre-race. Okay, I have to say this. What is Cirque du Soleil? It's like a circus... That your uncle sun. likes. Yeah. Right? My uncle. Yeah. Why were they there on a seesaw at the start of the race, just going up and down? What What is that? What's the relevance of that? Uh, Las Vegas, big entertainment town. Uh, they have Cirque du Soleil there all year round. So it's like an advert for Las Vegas. Right. That they put Cirque du Soleil there. So it's like you can do, there was, there was like lots of, Cirque du Soleil, like Blue Man Group, Stomp, that sort of thing that's there all year round. There's like a Vegas cast that just live there in the same way that you've got all the other... They they could have branched out and shown us more of what like um, Las Vegas is about. Like a, a sort of um, a 53-year-old mortgage broker who's like down, down on his luck <laughs> and has decided to remortgage his house and put it on red and it's turned out black. And then he goes to his suite in the Bellagio and hangs himself. <laughs> That's what could have been a, like a, a long... If they'd done Cirque du Soleil and that, I would have had more time for Cirque du Soleil. Did you know that a lot of the suites in Las Vegas, they've had to permanently, permanently lock the doors? Do you know that? So a suite in Vegas, generally speaking, you can't book. They give them to high rollers. So if, you are go if they know you're going there to spend money in the mm. casinos, they will generally give you a suite. Which, so they've had to lock, permanently lock a lot of the suite doors so people don't jump off them when they lose all their money. Oh, you mean like balcony doors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my God, imagine that. Yeah. You go there, that would you're a high roller. Yellow you flag. go, yeah, I'm going to spend loads of money. <laughs> and then you lose it all. And then you get back to the suite that they've given you because you've just given them £300,000, but it was your last. And they got and you asked 12 grand for the suite as well. No, they wouldn't do that. They just give it. <laughs> I want to see Robert De Niro put somebody's head in a vice just before they do the national anthem. <laughs> okay, the grid walk, all the glitz and glamour, all the glitz and glam, all the stars came out from that cook, Gordon Ramsay, and then that DJ, Steve, Steve Aoki, and then Tiesto, all the big stars. Do you remember that snowboarder, Sean White, from 10 years ago? He was there. Do you like Kylie Minogue? Of course you do, if you live in Germany or the UK. And what about Paris Hilton? All the biggest stars came out. Was Paris Hilton there? Paris Hilton was there. I didn't see Paris Hilton. I feel short-changed She's not famous. She wasn't famous enough to get a cutaway shot, like Rihanna is. Rihanna was there. Yeah. Rihanna. Rihanna was like, Rihanna, Rihanna. Rihanna. You say Rihanna. I say Rihanna. No, there were some big stars there. Shaq was there. He's a very big he star, isn't he? He is a big he? star, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Will I Am. Will he is. Before the race, be saying, being very enthusiastic. He's really got that nailed, hasn't he? The art of knowing nothing about Formula One and still, ah, oh, man, great race, competitive racing. Um, yeah, working on a few new tracks. And he knows, what I like about him is that he's got the art of the Brundle chat down. So you just talk about nothing mm -hmm. for about 30 seconds, maybe more if you're Michael Douglas, mm -hmm. but usually just 30 seconds of dog shit and we're out. 
And he knows to be smiley, polite, nice to see you, man. Be nice to Martin Brundle. Martin Brundle, be nice to you. It was the greatest, one of the greatest grid walks I've ever seen. Not because of the interactions, but just because it was sort of like, it was like when my dad... Um, got a smart TV and he just couldn't figure out. <laughs> but it wasn't it just It was like about... Martin Brundle's first time again, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was. It wasn't just my dad's realisation that he didn't know how the smart TV worked. It was the realisation that he'll never know how anything works from now on. Yeah. And that's what Martin Brundle was going through. He's like, what the fuck's going on here? Who are these people? Why am I wearing a velvet jacket? <laughs> to the point where he went, well, I've had a good TV career. Yeah. It's been good, hasn't it? So if it ends tonight, I guess I guess that's okay. That was sweet, wasn't it? I just protect that man at all costs. Um that it's, was when he said that um uh was that when Shaq walked past him and said Lewis Hamilton baby. Lewis Hamilton baby. And then just walked off into yeah. the distance. And Martin Brundle said, Well, I've had a good TV career. Do you think if we continued with Drive to Survive and the grid walk, do you mm. think anyone would notice that the race doesn't happen? I th something needs to happen with the grid walk. It's it's like it was like the it's Formula One's nod to what it wanted to become, and now it has become that. We don't need to do the grid walk anymore. Yeah, it is just so we've so far moved far beyond the grid walk. It was like a nice little. Also, some celebrities sometimes come to the race. What do you think, Jean Michel Jarre, <laughs> or whoever? <laughs> like and now. It's it, the whole thing is that we don't need the grid walk anymore. I disagree. What was Jared Leto doing? Leto, Leto, Jared Leto. Don't say Las Vegas constantly for one and a half episodes, Viva. and then say Viva. Do you know what that was? They went, "Hey guys, this is great. We've got Jared Leto to do the ident," mm. and he sits down, boop, and they go, "Okay, so have you read the script?" And he went, "Nah, I got this." He's like, "I don't need to read the script." He's like, "I know what I'm doing here." He's like, "Just roll the camera," and then he just looked at the camera, and went, "Viva, Viva Las Vegas." Viva, which ironically is better than any of the choruses he's written in his music career. Why was him, though? Anyone famous. They have their wish list. Okay, Will Smith, he's out this year. I can't stand Jared Leto. Leto. Why? Leto them race. That's that's how you remember it from now on. I suppose Sebastian Leto was a former Liverpool left winger who uh, I... Uh, so, yeah. Okay, 10 out of 10 on the national anthem. If someone said to me, do you want to see... Who's the guy, um, the blind guy? Learn to Andrea Bocelli. Andrea Bocelli. Right. If someone said, do you want to say see Andrea Bocelli singing live with a full choir behind him mm. by candlelight? And then, you know, like a like a little alto comes down on a trapeze wire provided by Cirque du Soleil mm. and then does the high bit. Or do you want to see Donnie fucking Osmond in a bomber jacket miming? It was so good. I was amazed that Donny Osmond oh. was even... Like, Donny Osmond, I know that he is American. He's from, like, one of those weird Mormon bits of America. Yeah. But he... I'm amazed that he's even famous in America. He, I would have... I would be... It, to me, Donny Osmond singing the National Anthem is the same as if they'd got Michael Barrymore to do it. <laughs> you know the you know the story of Donny Osmond's... Of the Osmond Five? The Osmonds, sorry. Uh, yeah, the... the, the they had a sitcom together. No, but it was, so the Jackson 5 got big oh. and the record label went, okay, these guys are really good, but what if they were white? We'd probably sell more records. Mm. And that's, I, allegedly, I don't know, I need to check that. Um, but that's, I think, is how the Osmonds started. And how Michael Jackson went that way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did sell more records. That's um, true. And also, no helmet negs this week, which I think... Very clever that they went, okay, Helmet, listen, we, this is a big race for us. Mm. Formula One have put literally all their money on the table and we need this to go well. I'm surprised Ocon didn't try and give Helmet to but, a celebrity. Well, what I think happened is um, is that Helmet went, yeah, okay, I promise I will stay quiet this week and I will not say anything. And he just went, hey, Max, do you want to know what I think? <laughs> <laughs> yes, what is it? What do you think? I'm going to tell you what I think, but you have to say it on camera. Say, As if you are the one who You look it. like a clown when you're up there, Max. <laughs> say that you look like a fucking clown. Okay, I will say this. Um, I'm going to give the race a 7 out of 10. What are you going to give this race? I'm going to give the race a 6. Really? 7. I'm going to give it a yeah. 7. It was a 7. 18 degree track temperature. Three safety cars. First one from Debris. Second one from Norris. Taking a pretty big shunt. Debris. Nick Debris. Nick Debris. Nick Debris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It was that's a better that's a better yeah. name for him actually. Um, and then the third one was debris as well. But it was a, a great day for Bert Mylander, who got more track time than Lando Norris. <laughs> it was a really really good race, and I don't really know why or what it was about the race that is it just that the cars are getting closer together? There is not that kind of Ferrari, uh, sorry Red Bull can just drift off into the distance forever. It, it, you know, just moved around at the front a lot, and the, the whole there was a couple of good safety cars. I mean, I, I just can't put my finger on what it was specifically because it's not the best track I've ever seen. It was fast and loose, literally, mm. to quote uh, Fast and Furious, I think. But like, it was uh, the back, they, they, they were skidding all over the place, and that made it very exciting. Yeah, they really had to put some, they, they had to be focused lest they die. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I, I found it really interesting that, so to answer me this, um, why is it that when I race, when they race in Italy mm. and when they race in Spain mm. and even Monaco, you can really hear the crowds and this just sounded, I couldn't hear one person cheering throughout the whole race. Is that because they mic up the audiences in the races where they know that there's going to be big cheers or is it because the audiences are genuinely loud and it bleeds through the mics? Is it because the Americans are quiet and tired and full of nacho cheese and Budweiser, or or, or was it because they no one was there? I don't know which one it was. I think it's because there was they they, they obviously had to do a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of uh, due diligence around the residents mm-hmm. and not let their plans interfere with what the residents need and want. So I think it was residents. You know when they turned Springsteen off? Yeah, they just everybody when they were, went into the stands they were just told shh. <laughs> trying to sleep Shh. no noise it was a um there was no cool down room as well no there was a cool down car a cool down limo i thought it was a hearse i was like is this a limousine or a hearse and you said oh it's a limousine for max <laughs> <laughs> and a hearse for checo that's very funny of me but they drove why did they drive they drove to one place did the interviews and then they had to get back in the car yeah they went to the Belend or whatever it's called the Belen, the Belendio the Bellagio the Bellagio hotel mm. then David Coulthard interviewed them all and they all kind of went like all the, all the drivers I've never seen the drivers like so disengaged from any interview they'd done because they constantly were just looking around going yeah this is gross yeah it's, what the fuck is going on yeah like also, they're used to being celebrities and suddenly they get to Vegas and then they're going to meet celebrities and they're just the children <laughs> going to meet their famous friend, like famous people. It was all like they were, it, it, every driver looked like they were there on a school trip and had the same nervous, cheeky, inquisitive energy of like a child going to watch where Harold was shot with the arrow or whatever <laughs> you do when you're on a school trip. Do you have a song of the race? I'm going to have Rude Box by Robbie Williams. Do the Rude Box. Shake your your Rude Box. box. It was a rude rude race. Yeah. And there was a lot of Box, Box, Box. Yeah. So it works. Yeah, it's a rude... Yeah, because everybody was boxing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Inappropriate sponsor of the week. Who's your... Do you have a sponsor of the week? My inappropriate sponsor of the week would be um, Paddy Power. I would, if I was the CEO of Paddy Power, I would have spent so much money getting Paddy Power. Ever imagine Vegas, but just fuck like garlanded with Paddy Power adverts everywhere. <laughs> like what a way! And just get, make them an offer they can't refuse, and it would just ruin the aesthetic of the Las Vegas Grand Prix <laughs> with Paddy Power adverts fucking everywhere. That's what I think. Paddy Power and White Lightning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, my sponsor of the week is uh, David Blaine, who they you could see oh, his advert during the show. Oh, that's a good sponsor show. of the week. Because he, I felt the race felt like one of his tricks. Because you're like, it's you think it's this, you think it's going to be this. Yeah. But here's the real trick. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is actually quite good. Yeah. Yeah. It I was, can't believe you've got a race again next week. I know. And, and then it's the, the last, end. It's the end. Of Dirty Air. Of, di- of uh, Ever. Yeah. Are we ending forever? I think so, yeah. Should we? Uh... I don't know, write in, listener. I might us. stop it if I can't do Raquel and Lance. I might protest. We could just... Because of the toxic work culture at Dirty Air, and I can't, <laughs> I can't do my horribly offensive joke. It's not horribly offensive. Okay. Can Justin Bieber just fuck off? Um, 
What can he? he? He couldn't have looked like he didn't want to be there anymore. He looked so bored. So what's the Christian Horner quote about Taylor Swift being lucky to get a ticket for the Las Vegas Grand Prix? Oh, uh, 10 years ago, we would have paid her to be there. Nowadays, she's lucky to get a ticket. Yeah. So that's ironic, given that Jerry Halliwell can come for free whenever she wants. <laughs> uh, Justin Bieber looked like he had, you know, like a a, a ball and chain locked around <laughs> his ankle. That's the way in which I would imagine somebody to wave a flag if they've got a ball and chain. He looked like he'd been in. He looked like he'd just come back from war. Mm. Like you know, is it like dysentery or whatever? It, it make people just go really skinny during the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have not a beard, but just that bristly facial hair. Mm. Like I've seen some shit. Yeah, or like you know when you see, um, well, you don't ever see it, but in movies you would see it, like in Cool Hand Luke, where they're all all at the side of the road, like digging. And they're all like chained to each other, like yeah. prisoners in America, all doing work at the side of the road. That's what he looked like. That was <laughs> like the warden had come and go. Hey, boy, it's time to do your work for the day. What is it, sir? What is it? I don't want to do that. You do what you're told. You're gonna wave the flag at the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Oh uh, no, I don't want to do. It. Shut up. You'll do what you're told. <laughs> they also they had to go in the cool down car to a light show, didn't they? It was a dancing fountain, but yeah. I mean, what the, what the So that's hell? what it was. It was David Coulthard saying, so did you enjoy the race? And then they went, oh, yeah, it was surprisingly good, actually, to be fair. And then he went, see, I told you I'd enjoy it. Now turn around and watch the fountain. <laughs> you prick. <laughs> you fucking pricks. <laughs> it says a lot about... But Go on, sir, you have a look at that. You won't get that where you're going. The, a lot of the races focus on, like, here's the culture of... You know, you go to the Austrian Grand Prix, it's like, look at these gorgeous mountains. Mm. And Hungary, it's like, look at the wonderful scenery. Mm. And it says a lot about how lacking Vegas is in any culture. Mm. I wouldn't have been surprised if that water fountain was made of cheese. If it was like, now we're going to the Nacho <laughs> Cheese Water Fountain display. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. It was just so ridiculous. Yeah. It's, I think the places like that, it's, first of all, it's another essentially Middle Eastern race. Mm. It's the same vibe. Because the nice thing about a lot of the Grand Prix, you know, like in Monaco even, Azerbaijan, is you've got these man-made structures and the roads weaving between them. And then you've got this expanse of nature. Like Austria's got a great expanse of nature in uh, Italy, Spain, you know, the Grand Prix that look beautiful, countryside kind of races. And it's man's working with nature to create something uh, better than either uh, alone. Whereas Las Vegas and a lot of the Middle East races very much feel like man working against nature <laughs> and in competition with and trying to defeat nature. And that is what Las Vegas is. Anything that is beautiful is dead. And it is only huge, garish, gluttonous, sinful. And I mean, you know, let's all enjoy a good time. Let's enjoy a drink. Let's have casual sex. It's all great. But Vegas is such a fundamentally evil place. And also, like, uh, having casual sex and drinking is fun because it's countercultural. Whereas there, it's the most boring thing in the world. Yeah. Like, if, if I was in Vegas, I would make a point to not fuck anybody and be <laughs> vegan. You know that... <laughs> You know that on New Year's Eve, you feel that pent-up pressure to have a good time. Mm. Oh, for, for God's sake, I've got to go to this yeah, party. Vegas so is true. like that every second Vegas of the day. Vegas is the New Year's Eve every of, day. of locations. We've got to go out because we're in a place that has lights. Yeah, it's and you've got to so keep on saying Vegas, baby. Oh. Like a twat. <laughs> Yoss was there. Was he? Yeah. That, well, he was the one yeah. who should have had he, somebody's head in a vice. If I'd like us to um, decant mm. what Jos Verstappen's... There's only one reason they cut to him once during the show. It's because he was doing other things. Yeah. And they were like, hey, do you want to come see your son in the paddock before the race? He's like, actually, I think I want to go ride the hot dog flume and then bosh a prosa. <laughs> he must, what, what do you think he did? Do you think he went to Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen? Um... I think that uh, there's a subculture in Vegas of violence. And I think he wanted to go and pit himself <laughs> against the most desperate. I think there's a, probably more of an endorphin rush when you break the bone of somebody who's yeah, there's like in a, despair. There's like a fight club mm. in a basement somewhere. And, yeah. he, and he was like, I'm doing that. Yeah, that's how, And he went and had a fight. Mm. And won, no doubt. Does he have, is he married? I think so. 
Is she about? I think so. Yeah, he is married. Yeah, she's at some of the races. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, all right. We're going to do the, the race review straight after this break. We'll be right back to review... The Jewel in the, the Crown. Jewel, the Jewel in the Crown. And Las Vegas is the jewel in the plastic crown of Formula As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One. Mm. Welcome back to Dirty Air as we review the 2023 Formula One Heineken Silver Las Vegas Burger King Grand Prix. Mm. Um, okay, Haas in 10th place. Um, all I saw this race was people overtaking Haas cars. And I did wonder at one point if they just got seven cars on the track. Haas were a key feature, weren't they? They were a key feature. Not for, not for reasons that were good for them. Mm. Finishing 13th and a DNF. Yeah, but um, I thought they did. Uh, they did everything I needed from Haas this weekend. It wasn't even a fun DNF, was it? No, it was such a boring DNF. That was the t- thing with his D. Uh, the, uh, that DNF and Yuki. Yeah, um, they both just drove. It's like they took a wrong turn and went. Actually, I'm just going to go to the drive-through. Yeah, when a Red Bull DNFs, it's so dramatic. Oh my god, how has something gone wrong with this car? What the hell is going? On? Oh my god, Pff, tire blows in the wall, and it's over before you know it, and it's really dramatic. When a Haas DNFs, they still have time to park up. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that's how much they're expecting it to happen. Yeah, Lando, horrible crash. Oh, we'll get to them. No, we'll get to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Ninth, ninth place is Alfa Romeo with um Smacky Bot Bot. What happened to him? It's time for Smacky Papa. Uh, what happened was he spent so much of the weekend going around giving out a calendar to people mm. that he forgot that racing was actually a key part of the job. Do you think he's spent t- so much time doing hip thrusters that he's actually weighing down the car with his enormous, gorgeous bum? It's a- so funny that he's become Duffman. He has become Duffman. Having That's so dressed true. up as Duffman for that bike race, yeah. now he has become Duffman. He's fully transitioned very successfully into a fabulous Duffman. It's also, what is really great is that you feel like Sebastian Vettel has become what you imagined Sebastian Vettel might become. Mm-hmm. Raikkonen became what Raikkonen probably was going to become. Yeah. They all end up, they all start out rather being these bland ideas, interchangeable humans without really any strong distinguishing characteristics. And they develop into a sort of way that you imagine they might have developed. Happened to Alonso as well. Alonso always had something of the shagger in him. And now he is swarthy. He's Mandy Patinkin in The Princess Bride. He is that person. I didn't see this happening to Bottas. No. When he was uh, Mercedes number two. It, it was just like clean cut. He was a nerd. Mm-hmm. And now he's found his identity. And it must happen like rather like, you know what happens to you when you're like 22 years old? You go, maybe this is how I want to dress. Yeah. Maybe this is who I want to be. They're in a state of arrested development because they've spent so long driving and not thinking about their character or what they wear or anything. That Then they get to like however old Bottas is, our age, I imagine, and a bit younger. And then... Uh, 
And then suddenly they become people in their mid-30s. So cool. Yeah, if, I wouldn't be surprised if in two weeks Bottas got a black flag tattoo. That's sort of where he's at now. Mm. I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I do wonder if he's jumping the shark a bit with his ass. With his ass? Yeah. Yeah, because his ass used to be something that you mentioned, private, like not privately, but on the podcast. You'd go, oh, look at his nice bum. And now, like, you know, Formula One, Veep, when Trump got elected, etc., you can't really take the piss out of his bum anymore. No, it's something nice that we bum. have joked about. That his actual, like we used, to, like we said, they need to stop calling it the battle for sixteenth. Maybe, and he's... then F one changed it to chasing for sixteenth. So maybe Bottas is a dirty air listener, mm -hmm. um, and Joe just holding on to that seat the best he can. I, I think this is. I think what Joe Guan Yu is trying to do is he's just trying to go look. If they just don't notice, I'm here. <laughs> They can't drop me. So he's just trying to go like, Alvaro Romeo are going to go next year, right? Who have we got in the seats? Or well, Bottas. Yeah. Go, okay, great. Dumb. Yeah, he's the kid in quantum physics class getting a C, just trying to coast by. Yeah. Just like, oh, guys, I, th I think maybe they won't notice if I just keep quiet, keep my head down, and hand the work in on time. Yeah, but you keep getting a C grade. Yeah, yeah but I'm still here, aren't I? <laughs> still quantum physics. And it's amazing when these people enter. Do you remember when Joe came in and everybody was going, you know, actually for a rookie, he's pretty impressive, pretty good stuff. Hasn't developed. Hasn't I mean, he's not on. bad. He's not a bad driver. He's not he's a bad very driver. Good he's, not, driver. he's just nothing. And yeah. that's the thing is that if you're, if you then get to the age of like 25, 26, you've been in Formula One for a couple of years and you haven't, and I'm talking about teams lower down in the pack, if you haven't been significantly outperforming who you're next to, like there's no chance that Albon doesn't go, it, it doesn't either retain his seat or get a sort of promotion, as it were. Yeah. Because he's been consistently outperforming his teammate, whoever his teammate is, albeit his teammates have been not the best. Um, but for Joe, like, what's what's next? Well, I think that it's, firstly, it's obviously market share in China, isn't it? He's the best driver in China till someone better comes along, yeah. which is a huge market for them. Yeah, I always forget about that because I'm just too pure of heart to think that cynically. Um, but it, well, in eighth place, Alpha... <gasps> Ricardo uh, starting 15th, finishing 14th. Sonoda starting 20th with a dunf. Um, a very unremarkable. Um, they are they gambled high and they lost this weekend. Yeah, sad to, to use see. the Vegas vernacular. Yes. I wonder if Daniel had one of his shoey cocktails. Ugh. Yeah, I know. You know, I looked up what it was, the, the shoey cocktail. Mm -hmm. It's a shoe. It's $100 mm -hmm. and you get a shoe and you put a can in it. Mm. And you, it's not really a shoey. You open the drink inside the shoe and then drink it. Yeah. So it's not. So what? Where's the shoe? shoe? Where have they got the shoe from? From the shoe shop. They bought a shoe. What? From Dulcis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From Foot Locker. Yeah. <laughs> they went to Dulcis. <laughs> we just need a bunch Clarks. of shoes. Clarks. Right. What size? It doesn't matter. Really. Formula One driver. So a three, please. <laughs> a, a man's three. Child. Yeah. Sure. Child's three. Absolutely fine. And um, yeah, Sonoda. Uh, I mean, they're they're both they're both. Listen, we're approaching the end of the season. Those guys are safe for next year. Is that what you reckon? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think okay. I, unless Ricardo gets Perez's seat, but I think Pero, Perez is sort of locked in his place now, given the result he got this weekend. You think that that result? We'll get onto that. In gambling terms, he got very lucky, Perez, didn't he? Not really. Um, Williams in seventh. <laughs> Sergeant starting. What is it? Fifth. Sixth. Well, but Carlos's penalty, they all moved up one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And Albon starting in sixth. And the balance of nature was restored, 16th and 12th. For Team Williams, as they were called in America. Team Williams. Team Williams and Team, Team McLaren. Um, yeah, I just an unremarkable weekend. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was quite satisfying to see. After the little, the jocular bounce of success in uh, Logan's step on Saturday, to see him come crashing back down to earth. Um, with a, a fairly unremarkable second to last. Like Bottas had whatever race he had. Um, and then for Logan to be all the way back there by the end. And we could see it happening. That's uh, we, we we took special interest yeah. in Logan throughout the race and went, he's just going to fall backwards. Yeah, because he's the GOAT. Bit by bit. He's Logo Sargo. He is Logo Sargo. And that, I, it must be tough to be, to finally get a good P starting grid mm. and then just finish where you belong like that's a that that is a you know life is fleeting 
mm-hmm. and we should enjoy the little moments while we can. Mm-hmm. But being allowed to enjoy something for eight hours <laughs> is quite painful. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Is it? There was very little time between qualifying and the race for him to swing his dick about. Yeah. And then the race happened and it was so, it's so much more crushing than just starting where he usually starts and fin- finishing where he usually finishes. It's like, it, there's no, and now when he approaches qualifying next, I go, well, what's the, there's no point, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. I, God love him. Logo yeah. Sargo I, and I hope he stays in Formula 1 for a long time purely for our entertainment value I'd actually like him to get a bit worse he's it, not he's not he's not Latifiing at the level that I need for my Formula 1 enjoyment back row chunker you know is he outperforming Latifi I think so yeah he's crashed though. I mean he didn't take a wrong turn in wherever it was Russia and be like well I don't know what happened there like he didn't go the wrong way around the track or he didn't crash on the formation lap in Monaco you know yeah, okay. He's not quite <laughs> delivering on the level. <laughs> now that you've just jogged my memory a little bit. Latifi's so triggered by F1 that he refuses to drive competitive cars anymore. Mm. He's just gone into business, hasn't he? Whereas Logan, if he quit now, he could probably milk this for a few more years, couldn't he? Do you think Latifi's going to start a car insurance business? I hope so. And you know what? If you're listening, we love you and we miss you. We miss you, Latifi. Bring back Nicholas. Uh, sixth place, Alpine. My book. What a week! What a weekend! What a weekend for the French trio! I loved Alpine's journey on this race. Fifth and seventeenth to eleventh and fourth. Um, and then the bit that I found hilarious was when they were racing each other. They kept overtaking, mm. and their radio guy kept, he was like, "Can you hold positions, guys? Can you hold hold positions? Could you just for five minutes?" It's like when you take your kids to Pizza Hut, and you're like, "Can you stop showing off?" Can you stop? Can you just sit there down is no, there? Will you please keep that together? Don't play with the knife. Don't play with the knife. There will be no ice cream factory if you're going to play with the knife. <laughs> if you want the jelly beans on your 99 flake before we go sit in a musical and watch Wicked for two hours when you're going to throw up, you better start behaving yourself. It was such a telling off that they got. But what was really great is that after that battle uh, for fourth or fifth or wherever they were at the time, after Gasly lost, he had that depleted sense of self-belief mm. and just slowly slunk back in the pack because sadly, over the course of the race, Ocon was having a great time. And regular listeners will know I am an Ocon fan. Yeah, when, when he overtook Gasly, you freaked out. Yeah, I had a big cheer, yeah. didn't I? That was your biggest cheer of the race. Yeah, I love Ocon. Yeah. I love Ocon and I want him to beat Gasly. Yeah. And I, I, I've invented a very big rivalry between the two of them in my yeah, head. You'd accept a helmet from Ocon with I glee. Would, I would accept. With, with aplomb. With, with, well, with certainly, with, yeah, with both, with all of it. Fifth place, Aston Martin, um, Lance Stroll. The, yeah, having the race of his life. He did have the race of his life, didn't he? Uh, started in 14th and finished in 5th. Although he did get a podium once, didn't he? Uh, twice. Um, fifth, he finished in 5th. He drank a shoey then. What a good boy. Finished 5th. I wonder if he celebrated in any way. Yeah, he probably did. And where did Alonso... 10th to 9th. Wow. Alonso sliding around a lot. It was a few drivers lucked out with their... Um, Strategy, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And they pitted on the early, uh, on the early safety car. Yeah, put the hards on, and then they could just drive, sort of indefinitely. I had a good Lance Raquel joke, that was um, I was going to say um, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Oh yeah. So that's what I was going to do, just for the people that miss it, just for the people that miss the Lance Raquel frisson. It's just me, I think. Um, no, we got a lot of messages this week. Oh yeah, a lot of messages. Oh yeah, more than told us not to do it. Yeah, so, but that's the thing is, as as I, I can tell you from experience, when one person is offended and one person isn't offended, there is more value on the person that is than yeah. isn't. <laughs> they, they are not equal things. Not being offended and being offended don't cancel each other out. Okay. There's just, you just get rid of the not offended person. And I'm going to do an Instagram poll and whichever one gets the most votes, I will I will go with. Yeah, but the thing is that if there are people who are against the Lance and Raquel thing, stop listening. Whereas if you don't do it, the people who like it won't stop listening. Well, for our new listeners, what I did for a long time is I presented a story that Lance and his stepmom 
Um, L- Lawrence Stroll's wife. Every week, Josh would improvise erotic fan fiction between Lance Stroll and his stepmom, his father's wife, yes. Raquel Stroll. And do you know how? Do you guys know how excited I was about the Las Vegas role play? Because if there's any city in the world where you can just tell the most debauched fan fiction erotic story afterwards, it would have been Las Vegas. And I'm not going to do it. And I hope that you're happy. Would you also write in if you agree with me about Josh's pronunciation of the word of of of, of, of Las Vegas? Oh, we had it. We got a DM from someone telling us how to pronounce it. Yeah. I've forgotten what they said. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah, Las Vegas. Is yeah. it Las Vegas? It is Las Vegas. Las it's not Vegas. Las Vegas. But it's Spanish, right? Yeah, but it's L A S. Yeah, the Rachel Stevens song. Sweet dream, my L A S yeah. Vegas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, fourth place, McLaren. Um, I love Oscar Piastri. Do you? That's my note. That now, now, tell me why you love him and what you love about because him. Because that boy was on a mission this yeah, weekend. he was. He just didn't stop. He mm. was relentless. Much like Raquel would have been with Lance after the race, Oscar Piastri was a relentless bastard of F1 this weekend. He was, and... That's what we should call him, the F1 bastard. The relentless bastard, I yeah. like that. Yeah. The relentless bastard of Formula One. When you watch somebody go for overtakes, they are exhausting their uh, power unit or the, the battery, whatever, they've got to recharge it. They, 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 it takes a lot of mental uh, endurance and skill to constantly be trying to attack another car. It, he just didn't lose any of it. He, mm-hmm. was, he was on for, you know, one and a half to two hours. Yeah. And it was like, it reminded me of the, he was the driving equivalent equivalent of the big speech in Gladiator. Mm. When he's like, my name is Maximus Sedesimus Meridius, sergeant of the whatever, northern Commander leaders. of the armies in the north. Yeah. Uh, law servant, the true emperor Marcus Aurelius. Um, husband to a murdered wife, father to a murdered son, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. That is what he, he drove like that. And oh my God, more of that. Lando, on the other hand. My name is Oscar Piastri, driver for the McLaren team. Loyal servant to the true team principal, Zach Brown. Son to an enthusiastic and overbearing parent. Teammate to another child. And I will have my podium in this season or the next. Boyfriend of whoever's available. <laughs> but Lando was like, you know when you see a toddler running around and they're laughing, ha, and they fall over and you go, oh my God, that looked painful. Mm. That, but 200 miles an hour. <laughs> It was not funny. It wasn't funny at the time. It was not cool. And it was not It was not nice to watch. But oh my God, we forget how brutal this sport is. Did you hear the recording? What, like in Grizzly Man? What? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I don't know what Grizzly Man is. You don't know what Grizzly... The guy gets eaten by a bear. No. The Werner Herzog film. Uh, we have the recording of the death Lando Norris loses Lando, control of his car. Lando, Lando loses control of his car I would and like veers to see into a wall. Werner Herzog introduced Lando's crash. That's what I'd like to see. Well, that's what I was just doing. Lando was dra- driving his car at an alarming pace. And now we have the recording. That's pretty good, Werner Herzog. It's not bad, actually. Yeah. yeah. You just have to pretend you're drunk and chewing gum to, to do a Werner Herzog. <laughs> um, the recording of him in his car oh, when they say, no. Lando, are you all right? And he goes, <sighs> yeah, I'm fine. <sighs> it's, he's really gasping and in pain. It's really bad. It's terrible. I'm really glad he's okay. I'm really glad it wasn't horrible. It could have been horrible. Now he's okay. It was funny. Um, because, or not funny, but entertaining. Uh, at least crashes are kind of incredible to watch. Yeah. Uh, there can't be any. There can't Some, be too much. Look, someone was going to chunk it when they haven't slept for five days. Yeah, it's no no sleep. There's no temperature in the tires. It's uh, there's still potholes everywhere, and there's some guy selling like Just fuck uh, off around the track. Some guy selling hot dog on the corner of turn eighteen. <laughs> you have to watch out for him. But yeah, do you know who had the best race? The be- my my actual driver of the day was that little bollard that kept getting knocked over. On Lewis the cor- fucking hated that. Bollard. Who knew that that corner was the one of the best things that's happened to Formula One this year? It was like no one knew looking at it. You know when you see like teenagers walking along the street and there's a can on the curb and they just kick the can down the as the expression goes, kick the can down the road. Yeah, it was Lewis 
hit that bollard like it was a can being kicked down the road. It was such a great corner. More corners like that, please. It was a really good corner. A lot happened at that corner. Yeah. Perez took Leclerc. Yeah. Leclerc took Perez. Perez, a few times. A few times. Yeah, yeah back Verstappen and forth. took uh, everyone. Verstappen, that's where Verstappen got everyone, isn't Verstappen it? Verstappen just didn't even try till he got to that corner and was like, fuck this. It's where Verstappen got a little bit of a kiss from George. Mm-hmm. What a great corner. I was really hoping that that little kiss from George was going to... Anyway, we can get onto that now because... Oh, no, we can't. We can get onto the Ferrari. But they were all so exhausted. It was just... I found it so funny that... Imagine the driver meeting before with Dominicali when they're all sat in their room and they're all... Fought, like Hamilton fell asleep in the driver meeting. Dominicali's like, driver safety is of paramount importance. That's why we have filled the manhole covers with concrete, which is really going to piss off some civil workers in the city. But it's important that you're all safe, except for the fact that none of you have slept for five days. Now fuck off and go around the track and make me some money. That's literally what happened. Ferrari. Charles just wouldn't let Max go, would he? He wouldn't let Max go. It was a very impressive drive from Charles. No one. There is no one sadder on the planet with a P2. Mm. There is no one sadder who is, for, for all intents and purposes, the victor. I was pleased that he wasn't happy with second. Oh no! It was it was very good for 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 the sport and for his mentality and like for where he wants to be, but I mean, come on! You're in you're in a not good car, yeah, and you've managed to take Checo, yeah, in a race that really mattered to him. Mm. You managed to make him look like an idiot on the last lap. Mm. That's a pretty good victory. It's almost a slam dunk, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, him when we were so excited when he was taking Checo on the last lap. Oh god, it was, was the good. best gift that formula one has given me this season it was not the best race but that i think was the best moment mm -hmm. that was my moment of the year so far is watching a, like a final lap overtake from a inferior car to a superior car oh, fucking so yes man yeah. carlos on the other hand um not having the he, he had a, he had a great <laughs> he had a really great weekend all told drove well Crushed it in qualies. Like, a, I mean, what a perfect weekend. That Did was well at that stupid fucking golf. Yeah. Dropped the cup, which is almost, that's what George Steinbeck, uh, George John, who, John, John Steinbeck. Yeah. There's like a, a snake at the beginning of a mice, of mice and men that eats a lizard, which is foreshadowing Lenny's death. Right. And I feel like Carlos Sainz dropping that cup. Spoilers. Sorry, listener, if you haven't read of mice and was men. Was foreshadowing yet. his 10 place grid penalty. It's incredible how he got a 10-place grid penalty for being fucked up by the bad <laughs> race preparation of the FIA. And Max got a five-second penalty... When he was two seconds ahead. ...for driving Leclerc off. The it was so cynical. And, like, it, and it basically, he just went, I know that you don't want to crash, so you just don't, you just don't take this corner. Like it was one of his old fuck you moves. What Max? Mm -hmm. Oh, Max had a few fuck you moves this weekend, didn't he? Did it was a real yeah. weird like blast from the past in that department. It wasn't cool, calm. Maybe he just felt like having fun again. Yeah, I, I think he enjoyed it because it felt like go karting to him. When, yeah. he, when he got the penalty, Max went, "Send them my regards." Yeah, like that's a Batman line. <laughs> yeah, that's not a Dutch driver line. That's a cool. He said a cool thing. He was going 200 Send miles an hour. Send them my regards. Send them. I used to meet them. <laughs> he became Schwarzenegger in that moment. Why don't you cool off? <laughs> Tonight's forecast. A freeze <laughs> is coming. Literally, that was the case on that, that track. It was the case on that track. That's, 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 that okay, was my... second place. Uh, Bill and Ben, the flowerpot men for Mercedes. Mercedes. That's what I'm calling them now. They're Bill and Ben, the flowerpot men. Why are you calling them Because they remind me of Bill and Ben, the flowerpot men. They've both got like sort of puppety features. George Russell does look like a marionette in every regard. Mm. If someone had said to me, someone turned around tomorrow and went, hey, you know, George Russell is just, it's just Toto's got his hand up his ass and it's actually a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. I would go, yeah, that makes uh, sense. George Russell looks like um, an AI generated man for 14 year old girls to fancy. <laughs> like he's attractive enough that they can be attracted to him, but he doesn't look intimidating enough that they'd be put off. At a, at, a, at a young age he looks like a, he should be uh, the model on the front of Girl Talk magazine <laughs> with a plastic phone yeah 
You call the number and George will talk to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to George's Sexy Hotline. Today, hot topic is Birkenstocks. I like Birkenstocks. Don't forget to call back tomorrow. It's like that Simpsons episode where Lisa would call that yeah, guy. The Corey Hotline. Corey, the Corey Hotline. Hunt them down, George. <laughs> yeah, he got a lot of big talk on the radio, didn't yeah. he? For not loads of big racing. Where did George finish? Seventh and eighth, seventh and eighth. Mercedes finishing in seventh and eighth. Not a great weekend for them. No. No. Hamilton made up a lot of places at the beginning of the race and we didn't see any of it because the TV didn't show it. And then he got a puncture. And then he got a puncture, didn't he? Piastri. Because Piastri was on, a, on the bastard, the, what do we call him? The bastard of F1. Yeah. What do we call him 10 minutes ago? I don't um, know. <laughs> and uh, first and third place. I mean, great. Sergio's got to go. Five second penalty for, um, do you know what it reminded me of? Do you know what that penalty reminded me of? So when Olivia Rodrigo, do you know who she is? The pop star? I've heard the name. She had a song called Good For You on her first album. Yeah. It went, good for you, you look happy and healthy. And Paramore heard that and went, um, Olivia, that's our song. Mm. And Misery Business. And she sort of went, ah, oh, sort of, oh, well, well, split the royalties now. And it's a big thing in songwriting now where people steal and they hope no one notices. And then when they do. It doesn't matter. That's what that penalty felt like. That's really, uh, yes, that feels abazite, yeah. Eminem does that quite a lot, apparently. He'll sample a song, and if they don't clear it, he'll realise that the lawsuit costs less than the royalty split. <laughs> that's so shit, isn't yeah, it? it's funny, but that's what that penalty felt like. They just went, they were like, hey, Max, that's me slapping my wrist for the listeners. Hey, Max, five second, hey, Max, you got a five second penalty. And that's Doesn't what Red matter. Bull, they knew, I think they, they made the same, they, they, they made the M&M equation themselves, didn't they? Because yeah. they said, well, we're not going to give the place back. Yeah. Whereas that's what should have happened. Also, Max saying, let's work together. We can get him about Perez mm. and Charles after, after he'd overtaken Perez was, was really funny. Mm. Max being like, hey guys, just so you know, I'm a team player, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to overtake Perez anyway. Yeah, yeah no, but also he's at the point, where, oh yeah, I just say stuff. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry about... Did you hear after he won the race? They went. Uh, he went, oh, sorry, I thought I gave Checo a toe, but did I not? Yeah. Ah. At least I had fun, is what Max said. Did he? And then Christian or GP went, that's a royal flush. It's all just... And, th and then he went, I tried to help Checo. And then Horner, I think, or GP, I get them mixed up because they sound the same. But uh, he, Max went, I tried to help Checo, I tried to give him a toe. And, um, and, then, and then Checo went, oh, it's all good, Max. Which is just needed an asterisk next to it. So it could just say, fuck Checo. Because mm. they didn't care, did they? No. Well, that's all good, Max. I mean, who cares? You can't. I mean, how can you help him? He's been blowing it all season. That, no, that we know he's a loser, Max. He's a loser. Don't, Don't worry, worry about, him. about him. Don't worry about Checo. Checo. Oh, we've already we've already cleared out his hotel room. <laughs> he doesn't even have a room for tonight. You said earlier in the show that he's going to stay. He's surely not. I think he will. I think they've won three with him. You know, but you can't really get rid of him. Yeah, but they're so restless. The Mexican market, it's a big merch market for them. There's a hunt, yeah, I suppose. Who's got a bigger pull from a PR point of view, Daniel or Checo? It's close. It is Much close. closer than they're racing. <laughs> <laughs> like he, uh, Daniel's a kind of global star though. He's like a F1 celebrity. He, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a pull in every single race. Whereas Checo is just the Mexican market. And, you know, even them surely by this point are going, great. Yeah. And then they all got in their limo and went to a strip club, didn't they? After you think that's the what they did? Probably. Yeah. I think they all, I just find it so funny. I'm, I'm never going to get over that cool down car. I like the cool down it car. Was, it, do you know what it was? It was marketing nailed. If they went, what sums up Vegas? Uh, shit limo. And it was a, bent, it was a, fan, a Rolls Royce Phantom. Okay. Sum, let's sum this up. I say more, I'm, I'm going full 180. Okay. Much are like you George did on that corner. Are you looking forward to the Las, Las Vegas Grand Prix next year? Yes. I think gross it up. Let's make it even worse next year. And you know what? By this time next year, Mercedes are going to be 40 points ahead in the Drivers' Championship. You're, okay. I'm going to make a bet with you now. Yeah? That How by, much? Okay. I'll bet you £100 right now uh -huh. that this time next year, yeah. Mercedes are 300 points behind Red Bull. Well, you think 300 genuinely? Yes. Because right now Mercedes are 500, four, yeah. 400 points, 430 points. Yeah, so I'm still saying they'll improve, mm. but not enough. 
I think most, I, and my bet is just that they'll, they'll be their head by any amount of Red Bull Mercedes. Okay, it's a hundred pound bet. Okay, should we shake on it? Yeah, shake on it. Let's know we're shaking on it. Yeah, done. Okay. Um, let us know what you think, who you think is going to be world champion next year and which teams are going to be competitive. Um, Helmut's scared that McLaren are going to be competitive, but I think that's just his way of negging Toto. Mercedes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. That, no, no, the fact that he's worried about, he's saying he's worried about McLaren means in real life he's worried about Mercedes. I, they are missing such a big trick if at the end of every episode of the new season of Drive to Survive, while the credits roll, it's not just Helmut talking. Yeah, bitching about people whilst eating like an egg sandwich. <laughs> Deviled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that guy's a bastard. No, yeah. no, no. These fucking guys are so <laughs> slow. Fuck them all. Yeah, that's. Please drive to survive. Put that in because it's what everyone wants. <laughs> okay, listen. Abu Dhabi's next week, and we've reached. Then we'll reach the end of the season. We I think we. we, we, we are you ready for a, a, a well-earned break? Yeah, I still want to do um, a bonus episode of Christmas at the Strolls. Yeah. I think we should do that over Christmas. Okay. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, I could hear someone moaning. I think it was my wife. I'm thinking you're going to have to get your rhyming dictionary out. Okay, but apart fine. from that. Pretty good. Apart from that, it's very, very good. Um, and I'll do some Christmas-themed... Yeah, you can be all the other drivers. And I'll do... You oh. do Lawrence, I'll do Lance and Raquel. Okay. Yeah. So I, okay, I'm, in... I'm not going to do it now. I'm involved in this, am Yeah, I? oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a team effort. But I think the whole... We win together, we lose together. Yeah. Uh, but also, we've got one race left, so I do just want to thank everyone back at the factory. Yeah, me too. At Dirty Air this year. And we're really looking forward. We thank you so much for all of your support over the... Uh, we do endeavour to improve the podcast in any way we can. Any suggestions? I'm going to get uh, Josh to start saying sex worker for next uh, next season. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to work on that. Baby steps, okay? Thank you so much to everyone who listens. And uh, we've, got what, we've got one show left. I'm quite sad. Are you? Yeah. Um, I'm sad as well, actually. I mean, I'm looking forward to a break. I'll miss you. Yeah. I don't want to see you for like three or four months. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. that's. Um, what are we are we, What are we going to do? I don't know. We're not going to have anything. To, we're not going to be friends. We'll still talk, won't we? I'm predicting, where's Lance Stroll going to finish? 12th. Okay, yeah, me too. Uh, and also, by the way, if you want to give us a Christmas present, leave yeah. a review. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Do a post. If you've, en- you know, if you've enjoyed the season... We'd like a main feed post. <laughs> That's the cost. You know? That's the cost of doing business. We've given you a free show all year. We've asked nothing. So give us a main feed post. Well, actually, we've started earning a tiny bit of money from it, haven't we? We do earn advert. some pretty good, a bit hefty a wedge. Tiny, now. tiny bit of money. Okay, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week for the, what's the Abu Dhabi race called? Who's it sponsored by? Oh, it's the Paramount Plus. Late- Lenovo. Lenovo Workforce Salesforce It's the Formula 1 Etihad Airways Abu Dhabi Grand Prix 2023 The race will take place At 1 o'clock On Sunday I'm Josh Weller And I'm Alfie Brown And this for the penultimate Time of the year Was Dirty Air